0: Second hour of old school. Thank y'all for hanging out on a snowy Thursday. But you get through the night. means you made it to the weekend. Um, programming update. We will go straight to National at 6 o'clock. So there won't be any local programming tonight. Don't want folks out on the streets. We, It's just not. Go home. Uh, you know, I'll take the risk. 402 464 5685. Sardar Heyman Tech Side, Honda Lincoln Hotline. If you want to add to the conversation, you can. The Sardar Heyman Live video stream. You can see us in studio, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter Live, see what's going on. Uh, thanks and shout outs to the folks from the Mercado for what they do for us to allow us to bring this content to you each and every single day. Again, you can go to Casa Bovina and get the fine dining experience upstairs. So You go in to, to the Mercado, but you go upstairs and you get the fine dining full white tablecloth, you know, the whole shebang. bang, right? Right? It is. Or you can go downstairs, go into the deli, get your meat cut up. You can go get the prepped meals. They they have probably the best prepared burgers that I've had. Uh, They definitely have the best bacon uh, and the best uh, brats. Brats so, are good. Yeah, the brats are amazing. You got some the last time you yeah, were there. The brats are good. Yep, so it's there. Uh, from the text line, I want to say thanks to Kenny Wilhite for uh, being with us, Austin for, for carrying us uh, and keeping us on time and in, on air. Um, here's from Texas. Hey, DP. Uh, Kenny helped my son get into Nebraska. He helped with all that uh, needed to be done. He ended up being a three-year starter and a four-time academic All-Big Ten as well as up for the academic all American. He was also a walk-on. He's graduating in May and already has a job offered with LPS. Kind sir, that is the power of County Wilhite. That's what you've done for people. And I know this isn't the only story. This is just the one that's being shared today. So in this, as we were talking about before, there comes a time for a lot of people where somebody, someone, something either lands in front of him and forces him to change direction or something hits him in the head. Sometimes it's a kick in the pants. <laughs> who is it or was is it, what is it that, that turned you from this kid in St. Louis who didn't understand the value of the future and what was going to be required of you and taught you what was required so you would pay attention to
1: academics and get it together? Well, growing up, my mom always stressed Academics, the mm-hmm. importance of academics. She had me when she was sixteen, so that wasn't always that was always stressed. But I didn't take it serious until football was taken away from me when I when I got that phone call from the head football coach and saying that I was academically ineligible. You don't know how much that hurt me. So, from the summer of my sophomore year until I graduated high school, then I was told I had to go to junior college because I didn't get my GPA up high enough. Again, I was not aware of an ACT or SAT test. So when I was told I need to go take take the ACT test on a Saturday during the football season without studying for it, I knew I wasn't going to do well on that. So I took it, didn't reach the uh, NCAA requirement, so I went to a junior college. When I got to the junior college, I knew, and I always say this in the, in, in a joking manner, that it was a two-year stretch that I had to do in order to get to where I needed to get to. So once I got to the junior college, um, the head coach I played for there, stress academics said that academics was the reason why I was in this position. What am I gonna do to get myself out? So I accepted the challenge, went to a junior college and graduated in two years from a junior college and transferred to Nebraska. When I got to Nebraska, first year red shirted, so I kinda wasn't taking academics too too serious. Then the next year, my junior year was 91, started playing. I had some success and uh, tore my ACL. Eighth game into the season, six interceptions, eight games into the season. Kind of fell into a depression. You know, there was some people in place. I said there's people in place at Nebraska. Then that was there to support you, to help you. Um, And I had been shot before, and me hurting my ACL was – way tougher than being shot the 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 rehab and all that so i kind of cursed out the uh, trainer that was working with me that day and had a rough day that day went home and the person that made me realize what i need to do was my grandmother my grandmother had 11 kids we lived in her house it was 26 of us in one house say that again so you understand 26 of us in one house my grandmother had 11 kids six girls five boys so all my aunts aunts my uncles and their kids me and my brothers, I'm the oldest of four. So my, I called my grandmother, and and I said, Grandma, I'm done. This, I said, this uh, explicit word, mm-hmm. it sucks, it hurts. She said, she, she gave me some words back. She said, one thing you're not going to do is not, you're not coming back here without that piece of paper. One thing they, can, they can't they can take away from you is that piece of paper. You're, you know what is not coming back here mm-hmm. without that college degree. Right then and there, I really took school serious because i knew football can be taken away from you just like that so
0: isn't that isn't that true like i the recruiters that that have been a good recruiters and bad recruiters the good recruiters tool one always ask the question why does any of this matter mm-hmm. to you and some will say it's the game some will say it's what it can do for my family but it's always important to know what it is that's when you found out. Look, man, this this football thing matters to me. I, I I need to take care of it.
1: No, football was was second after that when she told me that because I again I'm coming off an ACL. One year left to play. I didn't know if I was going to be recovered yet enough to play my senior year. When I had surgery in November. I went through spring ball and and uh, four months later, off an torn ACL because mm-hmm. they did a different surgery back then. But at any time, I could get re-injured. So I needed that piece of paper to fall back on. And I made – and, again, I got her name tattooed on my arm right now because I made her that promise that I was not going to walk out of that place without a degree. And then Coach Osborne also, he supported me.
0: What was – I mean, as you say that, because in their people, we all have those people. Luckily, we mm-hmm. have those people. Uh, and blessed if we have those people that will say, you know, I had a, I, I was. Just, Jokingly, I was on a book thing, and my grandmother came up and my grandmother uh, was a giant of a woman, at least in my mind she was and, then, and then it hit me uh, later on that my grandmother was five foot two Mine was <laughs> she was
1: five foot two about right. 380 right but, but she was
0: she was the baddest. she was the she, baddest yes. human I knew yes and because she loved me so intently, so, yes. so intensely um, and in that space you mentioned Coach Osborne, and so many stories come out even now about people who played for coach Osborne, but the greatest takeaway wasn't the wins and losses, but the lessons. Yes. If I asked you to share a coach Osborne lesson, a thing that he taught you in a one-to-one, what is there one that comes to mind?
1: There's a couple. Okay. But the main one is um, when you make a decision to choose a university, I know I did for the, the, the coaching staff and then the academics. Right Again, coming from where I came from. So, I graduated junior college. I go home to St. Louis, and I get shot in between reporting to Nebraska and graduating junior college. My mom tells me, we're getting you out of here before your brothers get you in trouble. So, I called Coach Osborne. We drove back to Lincoln. We drove to Lincoln. Met him and Coach Brown in the place that were putting me up for the summer. And my mom said, tell him. So, the bullet was still in my arm. They left it in my arm. But – so I looked at him, and I said, hey, coach, I got shot yesterday. And this man looked at me with a straight face and, and said, with a needle? And I said, nah, coach. <laughs> I, so I raised yeah. up my sleeve and showed him the patch. Uh-huh. And I said, the bullet's still in there. They said he was going to leave it in there because if they cut it out, it would damage my muscle tissue. So he said, how long is it recovery? And I said, he said four, four to six months. So this was July, right? He said, but I can play on it as long as I get it padded. Right. So he looked at my mom, looked at me, looked at Coach Brown. He said, Hey, you mind if we keep him here and get him graduated and get you guys out of that neighborhood? Possibly get you guys out of the that neighborhood? That's when I knew I made the right decision. That's exactly when I knew that I made the right decision. I knew this guy had my back. Not for me as a football player, but as a person.
0: That and and that explains so much about how you operate. Yes because uh those that are given in abundance given abundance that's how it works and you found out that the work of a coach can change somebody's life yes and their family's lives um academically where'd you finish up how how'd you go through the process was it was it more time was it more and more
1: attention what was it that made you a better student it, it was more time mm-hmm. applying myself more attention um Again, I didn't apply myself. I don't think I picked up a book my whole freshman and sophomore year in high school. I just thought I could just wing it. You know what I mean? I didn't think. People
0: were going to get you through.
1: My little brothers were smarter than I was, but, you know, I'm the oldest. But they were, we'd have Easter speeches. It took me a day and a half to learn mine. My brother going at 30 minutes, he knows his. Right. And still, when I know mine, we go to say it at church, and I'm up there like, uh, because I was very shy. Yeah. But I'm like, uh, and so my mom will get me started, and I got to finish, but- I knew I had to apply myself more, take more time, not listening to music while I'm studying. You know, I put my headphones on, try to listen to music while I'm studying. No, <laughs> like it has to be. It had to be quiet.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was. Yeah, it, it was a quiet room. Austin, did you did you have uh, Easter stories? Did you guys do? No, just Christmas programs, learning yeah. the lines for that. Yeah. So. E-
1: Easter and Christmas, uh, but okay. it took me a while. Yeah, I mean, one time this lady sort of was this thing in church, this big covenant thing. Uh, speech in church mm-hmm. that hung in our church. This lady tried to make me learn that. I'm like, Mama, that ain't gonna happen. That that that's not gonna happen. So she goes, Well you're gonna learn it first. She almost took me out of football if I didn't learn it. She was gonna take me out of football if I didn't learn. It. Little league football. I said this lady crazy for real. Man. But
0: I, I had to mine was uh Robert Frost. Uh because the you know, same situation. My grandmother used to, you know, I go to Sunday church with her and they'd get you up to read, and the reading part it was great, yep. but if you asked me to memorize it, I, I exactly. would check I would check out. But then she said, well, you can remember that playbook over there.
1: No, mine would say you can remember that song. You should right. be able to remember, you that
0: remember that. Play, like, you know that playbook over there. She goes, you can tell me what's on what page, and you can tell me what you're supposed to do, and you can tell me what 10 other people are supposed to do, plus the people against you, what they're supposed to do, but you can't memorize those, mm-hmm. those 100 words. And so her challenge was, and she said, I'm not going to do it by taking it away from you. What I'm going to do is I'm going to put something else up there with it. And I know how, and I remember, man, this is when they first started having leather basketball shoes. This is when they first went from the canvas high top white Converse to the Dr. J Converse All-Star. And we didn't have any money, but my grandmother had money, but my grandmother was tight with it. Mm-hmm. My grandmother said, "If you can memorize this poem by Robert Frost, I'll buy you these shoes." Let me tell you. I got them shoes in like 2 days. I got Look, it it took it took motivation. <laughs> So yeah. I, I I always I feel you when you said okay I got this Easter speech man look Easter and church speech oh and that oh was that God. was that was what it was man right. I understand what it was um through this and again we're talking yeah, Jay's out there. he's traveling uh, to to Charlotte uh, P campfire you're right he says grandmas are magical in every aspect it, very, is, very it nice. is it is funny that all grandmas are, are the same. They, yeah. they really are the same. They love how they love. Them. Yes. Um, and it's good to know. But it's also the same can be said for, for really good coaches. Yes. Really good coaches have a way of getting in that. When you mentioned the story of Coach Osborne, and as, the funny thing is is that there's so many young people who were outside of this circle that is Lincoln, Nebraska, who came, came from different places. What made Coach Osborne so fluid no matter where he was? Because he I hear the stories about him coming to D.C., him going to California, him going to St. Louis, him going down to Georgia, and the results are all the same. What was it about Coach Osborne that let him
1: fit in? Man, he was a psychology major, man. That do would have you thinking some stuff like, you know what I mean? He'd have you like, what the heck? Yeah. You know you just did this. He's not yelling at you. Right. But his ability to go into a, a, a home in St. Louis, go into a home in Chicago – go into a home in rural Nebraska and be himself was uncanny. I mean, I know Coach Brown always tells – he he would always embarrass me by telling a story about how when he came into St. Louis, he was not going to get a rental car because he was afraid to get stolen in my neighborhood. And then he tried to offer the cab driver money to sit out front to, <laughs> to wait on him. the cab driver said, no, no, just call me when you're done. I'm not – I am not finna sit out here. So – Again, my reason for that was Coach Osborne going and sitting in my living room in St. Louis, knowing where I came from, knowing where I'm trying to get, that that was my selling point. What? I'll ask you that, because you,
0: even outside of Nebraska, what have you ever been to somebody's house where you kind of went, oh man, this is not going to go
1: well. So,
0: <laughs> like this ain't going to go well at all. I'm at all. pretty
1: comfortable in St. Louis, I'm pretty comfortable in most surroundings, yeah. but, I was coaching at Central Arkansas, and I had to go down to Pine Bluff, Arkansas. They call it Crime Bluff, mm-hmm. Count ca- Crime Bluff mm-hmm. for so that many people in that small little town for the crime rate there. I had never, even walking into the high school, I had never been so nervous. I've been to Cali, I've been to Florida, I've been to Miami. You know, I've been to some, but when I went to Pine Bluff, Arkansas, I was like, well, "What am I doing?" So I always, I never sit with my back to the door. I don't know why I'm sitting with my back Come to on door and right testify. Here. Um come
0: on and testify. But
1: I sit here on, <laughs> with that door behind me. Uncomfortable. It's, it's very I'm very uncomfortable. Uh, yeah. But um so I made sure I sat um away from the door. Right? But I kept looking at that door every chance I
0: got at the re- at it, no matter what it restaurant ma- it is
1: it doesn't matter. I'm talking about in a player's home.
0: No, but listen. But even at a restaurant. It, but but I'm that way like now in a restaurant. They, yeah. At In a player's house. Again, I'm a DC dude, and I thought man, I thought man. for for a bit that going when I decided to go to Richmond that I thought I'm from DC. Now, really, I'm from Arlington, Virginia, but I'm from like Green Valley, which is its own. Persona, right? It's got its own, and I'm like, I'm not scared of nothing, and I'm not scared of nobody. And I went to Richmond, and I chose baseball in college. So at VCU, most of the people on the baseball team were were white Southern boys, and I mean real Southern boys mm-hmm. from like the mountains of Virginia. And I got invited to one of them, one of their their houses, and they said, Hey, man, it's in Colonial Heights. I don't know what colonial heights means. I don't know what understand what that means. He's <laughs> one other brother on the TV he goes, Hey man, they call that colonial whites, man. Don't go <laughs> out there. Don't go. I'm like, man, I'm from I'm from DC. I ain't tripping. Let me tell you, Kenny. <laughs> let me tell you. First of all, I didn't understand scary movies until that day. Where every scary movie I ever saw came to mind like you drove down the road and you go from a regular street to a road where there's nothing but like flatland and like scarecrows at night Mm -hmm. (laughs) and there are sounds from animals that i didn't recognize and i wasn't trying to figure out what it was and we pulled up to the house and i promise you i promise you there was a cross and a big six foot cross
1: I, I don't know if I'd have went in.
0: There. <laughs> Look, gonna... I didn't get comfortable for for 90 minutes, and I have never cried leaving somebody's house.
1: So, <laughs> I I felt that one time. I was I was I was coaching at Southeast Missouri State, and we were recruiting a kid from Oklahoma. Yeah. He was a junior college kid out of Oklahoma. So I went to his house, and like you said, the road leading to his house, it was on the outskirts of town. Yeah. And I got there during the day, but I'm driving. I'm like, do I need to get out of here before it gets dark? (sighs) Right? I'm like, I want to get out of here before it gets dark. So I get to the house. I mean, Dad has that accent. Mom has that accent. So we go upstairs, and the subject (laughs) of ping pong come on. Right? Yep. Subject of ping pong come on. So they said, we got a ping pong table upstairs. Well, it's in a room about this big. Bro, we played ping pong for two and a half hours. I have on my recruiting gear, slacks, polo. Yeah. Soaking wet. Yeah. I turn, I go, I ask myself, I say, should I ask these people if I should use their shower? So, so hold on. So I looked, I looked at dad, looked at mom, and I looked at the kid. I said, can I you use your shower? And the dad goes. Sure, sure. So I go out to my car. I get a change of clothes. I go upstairs. I go in the shower, but I lock the door. And put my, I put the, a towel behind the door. So, but the door was locked, and I put a towel on the floor behind the door. And I got out of that shower so fast. I never took a shower so fast. Now, everything ended all good. The kid decided to come to, the, and the only reason why that kid said he came was because I, I was comfortable enough to ask them to use their shower. Oh. He, said, he, he said, when you play ping pong for two and a half hours, and I only lost one game. I beat dad, the brother, and the other brother. Oh. Lost one game. Two and a half hours. But he said, when you were comfortable enough to ask us for a shower in our house, that's the reason why we chose Southeast Missouri I,
0: look, I have been Look, I have been to homes where I know for a fact I was the first black person that was in that house. And they weren't comfortable, and it was my job to, to make, make them, them comfortable. comfortable. But the other thing was we went <laughs> – there's a kid in Baltimore. And I knew the college coach that was trying to recruit him, and his family knew me, so they said, Hey, Dee, can you come up? Um, we 'll buy you dinner, uh, but we need somebody that 's been through this recruiting thing to go through it with us we don 't know, and we don't know who to ask. We want somebody that will tell us the truth, right. We can ask people who had been at this high school before, but we can ask you and i 've known the family for a long time, but i 've never been to their house, and this house was not a house. this was like a this was uh an apartment building that you see in New Jack City mm-hmm. <laughs> in in a movie, right? And it was the first time. I swear to you, Kenny, I've never seen bigger roaches. Oh, I have. I have never seen bigger roaches. And we're sitting, and the the, the couch wasn't elevated. Like, it sat on, like, cinder blocks mm-hmm. and a board under it. But you sat lower to the floor, up to the point where you could see your socks And then you could see the roaches coming. And the head coach, let me tell you, what was supposed to be a 45-minute sit-down lasted nine minutes because that coach was like, listen, you got an offer, I'm out. (laughs) He goes, you will have the paperwork. Matter of fact, I need to get you out of here. (laughs) So it was one of the few times that the coach was just like, listen, I see the situation you in, bro. I need to help you out. Uh, It was – matter of fact, that dude – I'll tell the story. That dude was all conference. He was all everything. That dude's a millionaire now. Um, And that day is a big day because his family – his whole family's life changed that day because he went to college and did his thing. Oh, my goodness gracious. Um, There's so much to ask you about. (laughs) Like, the experience is, like, all over the state. I'll ask you this. We'll go to break, but when we come back, I'll ask you to give it to us. Is there a story that's your favorite recruiting story? Is there a favorite family or a favorite kid who you didn't think would make it but did? Like, there's a question, right? Or somebody that you thought should make it and then went on to excel to tell a great story about somebody that you got to witness their greatness and where they came from. We'll get that from Coach Kenny Woolhout when we come back.